This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Here it is, everybody's favorite segment, all the news, notes, nuggets, tidbits, and more circulating around the wide world of Pats Nation. Pats Paris here on Six Rings and Football Things. Andy, I awoke this morning as of recording Thursday, June 29th, 2023, to a tweet about the New England Patriots. That will often happen because the algorithm knows what I'm into. But this particular tweet posted that the New England Patriots are the most bet on team in the NFL right now to make the playoffs. This tweet came from at John Ewing. 99% of money is on the Patriots plus 240 to make the NFL playoffs at BetMGM. At Patriots are the most bet money team to make the playoffs as of today. So is everybody... Has everyone like lost their way or does everyone else know something that we don't? Well, I think um, this proves that Patriots fans may not be the brightest bulbs on the tree. Oh, um, oh, oh I'm just kidding. Listening. Oh. I, and I love them for listening, but sometimes they're more emotional than they are rational. And that's OK. That's what a fan is. Right. We say it. It's a fanatic. And. Yes. I think maybe they're getting caught up in the positive Bill O'Brien reports out of OTAs. Mac looks better, like the offense is competent, Mac is happy. And then you marry that up with, you know, if they're on Twitter, they're seeing these D-Hop, Dalvin Cook, hopeful whatevers. Um, and I think they're getting a little bit caught up in, in that. And they've always been, Boston sports fans are always very active, whether it be gambling, online voting, like there's a large, passionate, uh, group of active fans and in this day and age where you can bet very easily on your app and I would also argue this is the first time those fans have been able to do this right this is the age of the the mobile apps in Massachusetts so fans can easily bet on this season for the Patriots much easier than they've been able to in pr- past years you marry up some optimism with availability and ability and you're getting some fans getting a little bit ahead of themselves because, I mean, the most bet on team to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, so I for some reason, may, you know what it must, but Andy, think of it this way, or rather just consider this. The odds, they were plus 250. It's now been bet down to plus 240. Mm-hmm. That's $24 for every $10 you bet. So you got people thinking these are good, like this is a good money bet. People are looking at last year, eight and nine, in a bunch of games that they could have won make a few improvements, a little bit better roster. Matt gets back on track. Bill O'Brien, I know the rest of the division has improved, and a lot of people regionally here don't want to tune into the idea of the Jets potentially being better and not giving you the two automatic dubs in the division that you've gotten the last three years. Hell, pretty much for the better part of the last 25 years. Now we'll see what kind of pressure gets put on A.A. Ron, Donnie Darkness, 
Jet Life and uh, the Jetropolitans on the whole, now that they're going to be part of Hard Knocks, maybe they cave to the pressure, maybe they thrive, and maybe he performs out of his mind like Boomer Esiason says. I don't know. I think the Pats squeak in as a wild card team. So it seems a decent bet to me. I'd take a $10 flyer. I might take a $50 flyer. This is not the kind of something where I just go all in and say, easy, the easiest way for me to double two and a half times my money. There's no stock. There's no money market. There's no CD that I can tell you to put your money into where you'd have a certainty of uh, two and a half times it, a double and a half come seven months from now. But it's fun. It's fun. You get to root for your team. It's also fun. Not only a rooting interest, but a financial interest, right? Like when you marry up rooting interest with financial interest, that's a little more juice, a little more fun. That's called gambling. And and I I agree with you. Ten dollars, fifty dollars, like to make to fifty dollars is really nothing. Even a hundred, if you say this is part of my entertainment dollars for the next six months. The money I spend on beer, the money you spent, the money you spend on gas on your boat. Yes. Right. I'm like. Is that good money spent? No, but it is if I get joy out of it. It is if mm-hmm. it you know positively affects my life moving forward. And I think there's something for that for Patriots fans. I totally agree with that aspect of it. But yes. if you're making the bet because you legitimately think they are the most likely team in the National Football League to make the playoffs, you're like that's like that. Uh, then you're setting yourself up for because you you said we talked about the reasons why you could be positive about this team. Mm-hmm. Reasons to be negative. The division is significantly harder. The schedule is significantly harder. So the eight and nine a year ago, if they go eight and nine this year, I think they could be a light years better football team with the same record as a year ago because the schedule, the competition, they go 10 and seven, like they did two years ago, they might be damn near a wagon because the AFC is so I, I can only give you two, maybe three teams that should be easy outs or that most teams can chalk up to an Insta dub, if you will. But otherwise, Patriots. Oh, what was the other see one? See this again, just when like the, the whole thing, the push pull nature of your relationship with Patriots fans, one minute you're trying to bring them back in the next minute you push them one minute, you offer them a hand the next minute you trip them on an escalator. I mean, you're just the worst, but at least, you know what? I will compliment you in this capacity. You are consistently enough. <laughs> I'm like Devonte Parker, baby. Consistency is key. If, if you're not going to get open, make sure you don't get open every play of every year. So you're the worst in the NFL at it. How many different apologies do I need to issue to the, we're not even 25 minutes into this friggin' football show. Uh, by the way, just read a few minutes ago. I'm actually going to bump this up the Pat's pre. How do you feel about this? Andy update from Dove Kleeman, the great aggregator of our Twittering NFL times. Update. Who now has competition. Have you noticed that underscore a, a lot of people football. have followed the model. These aggregators, as I like to call them, sounds like the name of a really obnoxious online Batman villain, the aggregator. Uh, there's so many of them out there and they all have massive followings. Yeah. It just proves if you want to put the time in, in social media, you mm-hmm. can create a following. It's and, and that must be just what you do. I'd actually like to live IRL as opposed to OLO online only. So I'll do Errol as opposed to Olo. Anyway, uh, update. NFL legend Rob Gronkowski says baby Gronk's father has, quote, gone too far, and he's going to cease and desist him. Gronk adds the dad already hit him up 500 times. Quote, we're going to cease and desist baby Gronk's dad. It's to a point where it's awkward. It's too far. Biggest dub for Gronk since the Super Bowl with Brady and uh, Antonio Brown. Good for him. Don't yeah. take part Good. in a uh, strange 
um, manipulation, brainwashing, whatever's going on with that child and the father's life. Um, and I had asked you that when we talked about this a few weeks ago, I thought it was weird that there was no ties between Gronk and baby Gronk and good for him. End it. Don't, you know, if, if he wants to ruin his kid's life or if he wants to make him money, whatever the, the goal is and whatever his uh, motivations are, Gronk does not should not be a part of that. He, he knows better because everybody likes to paint Gronk as stupid, but he's not stupid. He knows better. Yeah, I mean, this is really quickly turning into, I'm sure this guy has contacted every outlet, every website, every, I'm sure he's funneling news to every aggregator all the time as well. Yep. Look, it, this is turning into football honey boo-boo and it's gross. It is yeah. absolutely. And these stories don't end well, whether it's Hollywood, music, sports, uh, almost never do these stories end well. And no, this so... needs to be on like parental intervention or sports intervention or, you know. Dr. Something. Oz. Yeah, I don't. Ugh, Ooh, awful. Good for Gronk. What if it's on uh, Maury or whatever, and then the father finds out he's not the father? Dun dun dun. That would be the best day in this kid's life. I hate to say it. I'm sure he loves his dad as well. And you know, in the end, we only we usually we're supposed to, at least or so I've been told, only want what's best for our kids. Seems like there may be some other issues at play here for Baby Gronk's dad. Gross story. Oh, baby good Gronk. For Gronk. Cease and desist. C and D. C and D, baby. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Andy, you recently posted a column to wei.com, wei.com, uh, where I believe, let me see, like him or not, plenty of excuses remain for Mac Jones. All right, go on. Okay, so I think the working narrative in theory has been Bill O'Brien arrives, offense is going to be better, Mac, no excuses. You had the excuse last year of Matt Patricia. We all, most of us gave it to you. But this is make or break year three, time to put up or shut up, poop or get off the pot, however you want to clarify it. And then you just look at the details of the situation that have been well um, chronicled over the last weeks and months by all reporters. We're talking about it first and foremost in this podcast, Devontae Parker. You don't have a number one receiver. You don't have a go-to receiver. You need D-hop. Everything will fall in place. Tom Curran and Phil Perry on NBC Sports Boston now all in on open the purse strings, whatever it takes. Kick the can down the road and hand D-hop a contract that makes him sign. And, oh, crap, who's playing tackle? Why is uh, Trent Brown not at the first day of minicamp? Why is he barely taking part in the second day of minicamp? Who's Calvin Anderson, and why should I think he's ready to protect Mac Jones' blindside? Will Riley Reef make the team start or retire by September? Um, so there's – and the two best ways to derail a good quarterback are what? Bad offensive line and bad mm -hmm. weapons. And mm -hmm. Mac may have a bad offensive line and questionable weapons. And so even though we want to believe all is right in Mac's world, you got rid of Matt Patricia, no more frustration. Get out there like it's Josh McDaniels, fling it and zing it and have fun and – uh, Herb Street is a thousand percent behind Mac Jones, and he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy. We've seen better quarterbacks get screwed by bad offensive lines and bad weaponry, correct? Tom Brady is an example. Over the course of his career, when he couldn't be protected, sometimes he stumbled. When he didn't have great weapons, he came up short of what you would normally expect of Tom Brady, and he's the greatest of all time, mm, right? Correct. Correct. So, okay, so if Tom Brady might lose, a, let's say, an AFC title game to Peyton Manning because he doesn't have competitive weapons, or if Tom Brady might lose a Super Bowl to, say, I don't know, Tom Coughlin's Giants because his offensive line gets their ass whooped in the desert. Or if Tom Brady doesn't have decent weaponry and his offensive line decides to take the day off in a, in a divisional round game where they thought, oh, we've already got this one. We, we beat Rex Ryan's Jets just a few weeks ago, 45-3 on Monday Night Football. Whoops. So if that can happen to Tom Brady, 
Isn't that a legitimate excuse? If things go wrong, I'm pre-excusing Mac Jones. Let's just say things don't go as well as everybody hopes. And oh, by the way, the devil in the details. Don't forget that the last two days of minicamp were horrific for the offense and reminded people of last year in training camp and last year under Matt Patricia. So I know everybody wants to believe it's put up or shut up time for Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. But he has excuses to turn to if things don't go the way we want and he wants it to. Okay, I'm going to dovetail right off of your piece into one that I had published as of this morning at WEI.com, which I will say sprang from our discussion last weekend on the Fitzy and Hart show on WEI-FM, which was who is under the most pressure currently in Boston sports? We did a gold medal platform, a top three, if you will, for each team, and then voted on and divined who we thought was under the most pressure in each organization. We settled on... Heim Bloom for the Sox, Jim Montgomery for the Bruins, Joe Missoula over Jason Tatum for the Celtics, and on the Patriots, it was Mac Jones squeaking it out over Bill Belichick. Here's the thing. Right now, Tom Brady had AFC championships, multiple Super Bowl appearances, multiple Super Bowl wins by the time he got to the failure in the desert in Super Bowl 42, the loss against the Jets, another loss against the Giants. He had a massive resume. He was already a superstar. Uh, two to three Hall of Fame careers, ultimately within one career. Bill Belichick, as you pointed out last weekend, why he should fall below Mac Jones on the pressure rating? Because he's got the eight rings, six as the head coach, two as a coordinator, already considered greatest head coach of all time. Even if he peters out and doesn't get the Shula record and they have a losing record this season and Tom Curran's potential prophecy of, I believe they could win 12 games, but if they falter, Maybe Bill's looking for a job somewhere else next year. That took a It'll turn. only be a Blythe or a Mark on his resume, but it won't be how it'll be a footnote in his Wikipedia entry in his bio, but it will not be the way he is defined. Mac Jones has the potential because of his histrionics, the bad behavior and the poor performance last year. You know, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge reverse engineered offense withstanding to be looked upon as a dud if he doesn't get the job done this year. So even though excuses may be pre-built in, he is under major pressure to perform this year. And I think if he doesn't, he may be the first person, regard, regardless of line performance, weaponry, assets, coaching, and more. I think there is so much pressure now. I'm more convinced than last weekend, squarely on the shoulders of Mac Jones to ball out this season. He needs to pull a Herb Street or, or show that Kirk Herb Street was right and he can be that guy this year. And I, you know, using that list that we came up with after we culled down three or four candidates for every team to come up yep. with a uh, Mount Rushmore, so to speak. Good least, summer uh, radio, uh, dare I good, say. Very good summer it's radio. Solid. In season, not great. Maybe um, not. <laughs> um, so the comparison to like Missoula, I'd say Missoula has the resources to win. I think everybody believes he has a restocked bench of assistant coaches, so he's going to get better advice. He has a better roster with Porzingis in town. He has two young superstars. Like, he has everything to mold His three it stars that should average 80 points a night without trying. Okay, so so he has the resources. Heim Bloom, in my opinion, has the resources. He ha He's in Boston. He has the money. He has the opportunities. He had the pieces to trade if he wanted to go that route. But Mac Jones, does he really have the resources? Like if this were a different time, if let's just say Mac Jones was in year eight and was a good established quarterback, you know, I don't know if he's been to the playoffs a few times, blah, blah, blah. I think we would be looking at this offseason and say, Mac could be in trouble. This could be a down year for Mac because his weapons aren't that good. He lost X. He lost his favorite target, Jacoby Myers. Oh, Jacoby Myers. And he had a great relationship. He lost him. How do they replace that? Oh, and by the way, he has no starting tackles. 
And yet that's not the narrative. The narrative is generally positive about Mac. It's upbeat. It's like Mac's going to have a good year. Mac better have a good year. Well, the devil in the details is the two, the three most important parts of a quarterback's offense, I would argue, are coach, tackles, and targets. Two of the three aren't very good for Mac, theoretically. Now, maybe Bourne blows up. You know I'm a believer in Bourne this year. Maybe Bourne has a breakout year that helps him. Maybe Hunter Henry has a big year, Gasicki. Maybe we're looking at this group of pass catchers differently. But I can tell you, ESPN ranked them 26th in the National Football League. The third time in three years for Mac Jones, he's gone into a season with a group of targets that are ranked either 26th or 27th mm -hmm. in the NFL. If that's not an excuse, and I know we'll get into fights and there will race will be brought into it because some people believe Cam Newton got railroaded. He didn't have targets. He didn't have this. He oh, didn't have please. that. He, he skipped the ball to people at the end of the season. His shoulder was he's broken. Been, That's such an old what? racist racist. Wow. Me. The one of the only one of the only Cam Newton defenders in the city during his up and mostly down season where he tried his ass off. And now all of a sudden I'm a bad person for saying, okay, fine. No, that's just how the argument goes on Twitter. If you ever get involved in it, uh, uh, no, I Mac away. has excuses. I don't know if he'll need them. Hopefully he won't need them. Hopefully he's competitive and competent in the offense. And all of these things we've talked about that are better will come to fruition. But the harsh reality is he has no tackles and no number one target and questionable all around weaponry. And generally, generally in the NFL, those, those things are a failure for, regression not progression for underachieving not overachieving all right uh quick qu on the fly question then right now if you could have deandre hopkins or magically you could just have a top 10 left tackle now whether that's a motivated trent brown who shows up to work his ass off plays every game and returns to 2018 form or they pull off a miraculous trade you would have or prefer Top 10 left tackle. Not even not even a question. I don't even think that's a question. I couldn't no. agree more. And we've seen, even in the struggles on the, I mentioned the minicamp struggles, some of it was Mac having, you know, under, it's not even contact, but under pressure, guys getting through, balls getting batted by defensive ends. Maybe that changes with pads on. Maybe the tackle goes, oh, I would have cut that guy. He would have been on his face on the ground. Yeah, but I don't have faith that you would have actually gotten to him if you attempted to cut him. So, yeah, if you could give me a top 10 tackle right now, and then that allows, by the way, I don't want his name to be Trent Brown. I want his this to be another top 10 tackle. Then I can maybe put Trent Brown at right tackle, motivate him, get him going, and now I have good tackles. Yeah, I think you'd have a better chance to be a better offense. Lastly, and certainly not leastly, our beat writer for our new beat writer. How much longer? By the way, statute of limitations. How much longer do we have to call him the new beat writer? It's done. It's okay. done. He's he is. And he's, and he's done a job. great job. Traffic is up. He's getting the reads and the clicks and the likes, and he's doing an excellent job. Everything we had hoped he would do. And then some once and since joining uh, both the Six Rings community and wei.com, Mike Cadlick uh, today offers up a 2023 Patriots depth projection in his ongoing series. Today, he tackles uh, one of the spots that Andy believes to be a strength on the club, the D-line. All uh, right. So let's see what old Michael has to say. Who's he got? All right. We preview the room. We name some trade candidates. We get some highs and lows. Here we go. Uh, he says, Andy, we are sleeping on my guy, Daniel Equale, yet he believes a, quote, surprise cut would be Big Kyle Davis. What say you? Uh, well, first of all, I don't see Carl Davis as really a surprise. No offense, Mike. I mean, he's bottom of the depth chart kind of guy who's been on and off the roster at various times. Like, I just... Um, 
whatever. Daniel, look, I think both those guys are similar. I think Bill likes Equale a little bit more. I think both guys tend to give you production that surpasses your expectations more often than not. You know, unlike Christian Barmore, who's a second round pick, good rookie year, high expectations. He's the next Aaron Donald. He's an interior disruptor. He needs to play really well to live up to what people are looking for him. Equale and Carl Davis, if you go into a game and you each one of them makes a play, you're like, you know who played well? Equale and Davis. That may have been the only play they made. They may have not been good on other plays, but there's limited expectations. Um, the Lawrence guy situation to me is most um, mm. interesting at this position. And he, uh, Mike puts him as a trade candidate. Obviously, guy is apparently holding out. I, I, I can't imagine it. I, I got to envision they can get something done with him. Now, I don't think they're going to, you know, bend over backwards to retain him and give him a bunch of money. He signed a contract. I don't know why he's not happy with it. He should be happy with it. You know, he's had a nice career here. He's a captain. He's a community leader. Uh, Ron Burton award winner, community MVP, the whole thing. Um, But I also would like him because I think he's reliable. I don't think he's as good as he was a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I thought you could argue he was the defensive MVP. Um, He is not that anymore, but he's a good, consistent veteran. So I think this group is is very, um, you know, Mike broke it up. He includes Judon and Uche with linebackers instead of D-line, which is fine. They're edge players, so you can kind of yeah. move them in and out. Um, right. To me, the most – if you're going to write a story about the defensive line, the story is Christian Barmore. What is Christian Barmore? What do you get out of Christian Barmore in 2023 in his third season? Another Alabama product who, in my opinion, is kind of at a – career crossroads are you going to continue to develop into a mainstay and you're looking at a big contract another year from now or are you a guy that yeah all the talent in the world but you didn't really put it together at Alabama remember all the questions about oh he was going to leave the team and he took all their references off his social media and he wasn't happy and he didn't live up to this and he didn't live up to that are you going down that road in New England or are you going to be a mainstay we'll find out this year yeah, it's but to me like the the performance of the defensive line. God show who would love to tell you that he's one of the best defensive tackles in football, as, as would Bill Belichick as well. You pretty much know what you're going to get out of him at this. I'm point. one of the best podcasters in podcasting. Just ask me. Uh, I, if only you were paid along uh, Devon Godshow lines, I think we'd both be a whole lot happier about that. Um, Andy, uh, see any anybody else? Equale, you know I like. I think that guy's great. I do not want to see. Lawrence Guy sent anywhere else. His full roster projection in Dietrich Wise, Devon Godshow, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Equality, Demarcus Mitchell, out Sam Roberts, Jeremiah Farms, and Carl Davis. His preemptive grade heading into the 2023 season, a B. I think they're going to be a B plus to A minus because I do factor no. in some of the edge no. contributions of your boys Uche and Matthew Judon. Now you say like, no, Fitzy, Mr. Positive. See, I got to bring him down when he talks positive. No. You believe this as well. You have said many a time that you believe this will be one of the strengths of this team heading into the 2023 season. Absolutely. If you include the edge guys in this group, which I do, um, this is the strength of the defense, the strength of the team. This is, I think, a reason why you can have upside hope and potential, why they'll be able to combat teams like Philly and the Jets and those tough offensive teams. I think you could be a really, really good defensive front against both the run and the pass with Uche proving that last second half of last season was not a um, uh, an aberration, an aberration or, a, or just right. like, you know, oh, it kind of worked out that way. If you can stay as a you know double digit sack guy, because I know Judon's a double digit sack guy and mm-hmm. not a whole hell of a lot of teams run out 
edge guys on both ends that are double digit sack guys. And you have that. So you work that you work that with Barmore, Godchild, like you can sell me on. This is you could sell me on. This is an A plus group, quite honestly, if they reach if they reach their potential. This is an A plus group, in my opinion. I have to make sure See, we leave positivity? on that on that positive note. See, See how right? about that? See, sorry, we, objectivity, objectivity. So I don't say positive things about everybody. I'm not like the, that- the scorekeeper at Fenway Park where everything's a hit. You get a hit. You get a hit. You get a hit. No, right. for well, I think I was able to get out of a podcast with Andy without him calling me a fraud and him saying you people. So on that note, we head into the holiday weekend on a high note. Andy and I will be with you on Sunday from 10 to 1230 with our weekend edition, holiday 4th of July edition of the Fitzy and Hart radio program, a mostly positive podcast. Once again, Devonte Parker in the fold. What are the contractuals? What does it mean? Likely on the team for at least this season, maybe some more. Is Mac Jones happy about it? He's the guy we believe to be under the most pressure in town and so many more nuggets. Thanks for riding along with us as always. Good job, producer Justin Turpin. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Andy is doing a lot of celly dances. He's dabbed a couple of times in the time it's taken me to wrap up. Now he's pointing to his biceps. He's going full Hulk Hogan. The man, he hasn't even had a C4 yet today, folks. Things have gone absolutely hog wild, brother. Make sure you train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And thanks for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by WEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, and as always, Happy birthday, America. Good day. God bless. Go Pats.